let you know something, baby girl. Listen up. I'ma keep it real for you real quick. Yeah. She know I'm leaving the soaking. She know she fuck with my motion. She know my body's a potion. And then I rub her with lotion. Got all these feelings exploded when she come over. She holding just like that nine. I be told and I make her fall. Yes, a murder of musicians. This is FX2 hosting a murder of musicians. And I'm here with As King I Rise. What's up, buddy? What's good, my boy? How you been doing? Been good, man. Chilling out. I love how you got this smooth track that we just heard a little bit of Leo season, which just dropped. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this track? Because, I mean, this to me is like a panty dropper. <laughs> uh, so Leo season... It's actually funny because I was um, I was hanging out with my homeboy and it was me, my brother, and my homeboy, and we was just sitting. Um, my homeboy makes music too, so we were just sitting talking about the different type of tracks that we had, and we was looking through my uh, my uh, my library or whatever, and he was like, "You don't got no love songs," and I was like, "I kind of do," and he was like, "You don't got no like truthful love songs that like anybody can listen to, yeah. not just like specific." like my female or something like that. Right. So I sat down. I was like, yeah, I really don't. So I got real drunk one night and then <laughs> I just started putting shit together. Dude, well, what you put together is fucking dope, man. Like the song Leo Season, yeah. I know we were speaking off the air. I told you that shit like really resonated with me right off the bat. You know, like I, I heard that deep, oh, yeah. deep vocal track that you laid down, man. And I know we were we were chit chatting about it. So you had lost your voice going into this recording process. Yeah, the um, the night before uh, we had me and my brother were doing a lot of drinking, and uh, we had ended up getting getting into some arguments with some people and some fights with some people and whatnot. And then the next uh, morning, immediately after, we went and hooped, and uh, we did a lot more screaming then. And we almost forgot about the studio session. And then uh, we looked at the time. It was like, yeah, I got a session, and on the way, we had it's about an hour drive out to the uh, studio that I go to out there that when, when I was living out in Missouri, uh -huh. and it was, uh, as I'm getting out there, I'm like trying to warm up my voice or whatnot, I, I uh, sing a few tracks so I can warm up my voice before I do hit the studio, and I just realized I can't, I can't sing worth a damn right now, <laughs> and nothing's coming up. I can barely talk, I'm oh. like, what the fuck do I do, we're halfway here, mm. so we there and i was just like you know let's see how it sounds just like with the deep voice and see what we can get it there and i'll try and push out whatever i can push out and luckily i was able to push out every word I, talking you would barely notice that i had a voice but for some reason once i started recording everything came out the way i needed to i actually made another track that night too but i didn't drop that one yet really i'm excited is yeah, this so i got Another track like uh like this one like Leo season where it's like kind of a love song. It, no, it's a um it's you can it's a, it's it's more like drill, but it's more it's more of the uh the low voice. Hell yeah, I I'm really excited to hear that low voice. I know I definitely was speaking to you before we got on the air about that. I was like, is that you? You got such a low to like uh vocal track yeah. on there. So every every play it i get that same exact question is that your voice <laughs> is that like, your yeah voice? that's mine it's so that's distinctively different than like your the rest of your stuff but it's not 
at mm-hmm. all like um, right. an inferior version of yourself. You know, it's actually and enha- it's not enhancing your vocal tracks, but it's just it's showing your versatility, which I think is um, a really great thing to show people in you know collaborations right. and things um, where you're working with other musicians. They're always looking for people that have versatility whether it be vocals if you're a singer or if you play an instrument if you're versatile and you're able to you know jump on different octaves which you showed Mm -hmm. great in leo season that that's awesome now that we heard the back uh story to it it just it it makes more sense and i actually i i like the song even more now that's great so uh, (laughs) Like when you see, I want to stay there for a second with Leo season. So you're on the way to the studio and you know, your voice Mm -hmm. is shot and shit. Now, did you start to like think differently about writing the track uh, because of your voice limitations or did you go in it with the same mindset? No, it was strictly, um, I wanted, I, I, the, the track was supposed to sound completely different. Um, my voice wasn't going to be as low. It's going to be a normal singing voice. Uh, but once I got to the studio, I kind of had to make a decision on what I was going to do, either just cancel the whole um, session in itself or try it a different way. And I, I, when I, when I make tracks anyways, I like to have three, four different versions of them. So they all don't sound the same. So I can just, decipher which one i really do fuck with the most and which one i do want to put out there so it's not much of i'm already going to do that so now instead of having the track done and now i can do a different one now it's more of okay now i got to think on the fly of what i really what what i can make this sound like and what we can do and the engineer that i had that night too did a hell of a job with helping me out and um helping me decide what what i should do with the voice and how i should go about putting the words on the track yeah i'm it's always an advantage for you as a musician to have input and feedback from other people in the room sometimes somebody like an engineer or producer or something could have like a little idea about the way a track should turn at this particular juncture and it just changes the whole composition yeah it goes a long way i used to try to I try to bring two, three people to the studio with me when I do go to my session. So it's not just me and the engineer listening to something, you know, because I know how I want it to sound. He knows how I want it to sound and how he's going to, you know, make it sound. But having those extra people there, it's more of having, you know, newer ears. So it's it's an it's a better opinion on what's going on with the track. Absolutely, man. That's a huge variable. I think that a lot of musicians are neglecting nowadays is like not so much collaborations but getting constructive criticism getting some feedback on Mm. your on your lyrics or you know the riff you put down Mm. or something it's just so beneficial to hear like you said Mm. fresh ears get fresh ears on the track because you might be missing yeah i try to do but some I've, what I've noticed is a lot of artists out here don't like being told, you know, what to do on their tracks or how this sounds or whatever after they've put something down. And a lot they take it as disrespect, but I don't even see it as disrespect. I see it as that's a, another way to make me better, you know, instead of, oh, you're just talking shit. No, I'm, I'm, I'm running my mouth because I think you could be better in this type of way. 
So maybe if you were, you know, try different ways, you can see it for yourself or something. Don't always take it as, oh, you're just talking shit. You think you, you're him. You think you got a big head, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, sure. I mean, that ego stands in our way sometimes, right? It's like, you know, we, we yeah. get a little bit disheartened. And if somebody didn't, you know, feel our track right out of the gate and that could be a mm-hmm. you know a roadblock in your musical career if you're not able to take right. cre- creative criticism. So that's awesome. I really um, love hearing stuff like that from musicians because it's so integral to furthering your career and leveling up. I know that you've got another track that dropped before Leo season, which I was you know head over heels. That's the reason why I got in touch with you for a second time to come on this podcast because you dropped a track called reborn and that's on yeah that that really captured my attention i put it on apple one day and that shit i was playing it on repeat so tell me about that one because that one's pretty deep yeah reborn is um you can call it kind of a continuous uh Continuous track from uh, um, almost that little season from Rescued, uh, Reborn and Rescue go together. So how I did it, um, Reborn is everything that I want to do better, that I'm doing better, how my life has changed for the better. Um, you know, the suicidal tendencies have stopped. The de- depression hasn't hit so hard. You know, my anxiety's gone down. Everything like that. Um, basically, saying I'm in better spirits than I was when I dropped uh, the rescued. At this point, I've been, you know, I've, I've kind of been rescued at this point. Now I've been, I've been rescued. Now I've been, I'm, now I'm, I've been reborn. So, you know, I'm making a new life for myself. I'm not doing the same things that I was doing in my past life to keep me going downhill or backwards. So now it's just, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a better light, you know? Yeah. I got that feeling when I was listening to it and, I put it next to your last EP or single that you dropped that we featured on the show, which was The Rescue. And we really went into mm-hmm. depth about how that was tied into, you know, a mental health condition. And we spoke about that. Mm-hmm. So when I put on Reborn and I remembered The Rescue, like I said, I put them next to each other, the tracks. And I says, wow, this is a continuation of where he left off. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's, I think it's a lost art now. I remember back in the day, musicians used to do that, almost like a cliffhanger to the next album. So were you, were you yeah. planning for that to happen or just because of what had happened in your life that you had a new perspective on stuff and you wrote from that perspective? So what actually happened was, so I wrote these, I wrote Reborn and Rescued a little over a year ago now, um, maybe even longer than that. But um, when I was first writing them, uh, I wrote Rescued, and I wanted Rescued to go into um, not just be about my depression and suicide and everything like that. I wanted mainly the end of, ending of that song to go into, okay, now it's a better light. Now he's reborn. Now da 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 everything's getting better, and what you're doing, that's better. But I ran into the problem of I had about a six-minute track. I didn't want it to be that long. I, I, I like my tracks either between like 245 and no longer than like 345, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I took the end of Rescued and I cut it off. And I just cut it off and I, and I put an ending on Rescued. 
and then uh, I left reborn. I left the end of that alone for a while. I didn't. I didn't come back to it because I usually when I when I write, I write with emotion. So whatever I'm feeling and the part of my life is what I'm going to write about. And at the time, I was still dealing with my depression and everything. So it, about another five six months went on. I went back to my phone. I happened to see it in my phone, just on another note, because I copied and pasted into another note section, so I just wouldn't be there with Reborn. And I, I just started jotting more shit down. At, at that point, things were going better. My life was moving forward, you know. Um, I was I was making things happen. Uh, I wasn't in a dark spot anymore, so I was able to finish the song. And it came out a whole lot better than it would have if I would have kept it on the same thing as Reborn, uh, Rescued. Right. And I, I, I definitely would have used the same name. Dude, I, I fucking really, really dig that shit because it's showing, once again, the versatility of you as an artist. You know, you, you're tapping into that source creativity from a depressive standpoint. Then you're able to turn it mm -hmm. on its head and do a complete 180 and show everyone that you can come out of a depression and you can reach right. the light again and be able to you know, use that emotion and put it down as lyrics. I find that so valuable for people that are listening because, you know, it's easy to identify with depressive shit, but, you know, we got to come out of that downward spiral and we got we to gotta persevere. Mm -hmm. So hearing you speak about being down and then coming back up is really inspirational for people out there. I really, I really commend you for doing that, man. That's awesome. And then when my question is, you talked about you're doing the rescued from a depressive standpoint, then reborn a little bit in a better state of mind, not a little bit, in a lot better state of mind. Now, do you find it easier or harder to write in any of those states? Like depressed, if you're depressed, is it easier to write? Or if you're happy, is it easier to write? Um, honestly, it doesn't like depend what specific mood it is. It depends on how strong the mood is. Ah. So it depends on how happy, how depressed I am because I'll get, I'll get in my depressed states and not do shit. Right. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll sit for two weeks. You know, I won't, mm -hmm. I won't post anything about my, anything like that. But when I'm like deep into it to where it's like, it's killing me. For some reason, I get the most inspiration that I usually get, and I will j just jot it all down. That's so interesting. Wow. Yeah. I definitely could relate how you said, you know, you sit around, do, do, do shit for two weeks, right? I get in those depressive states myself. And snapping out of that is, you know, hard at times. But when you have something mm -hmm. like music, I find that you can use it therapeutically. It sounds to me like you're doing Almost. that, right? Oh yeah, hell yeah! Yeah, definitely got days of um of stress relief. You know, trying to get me happy or whatever. I'll go and hop on my motorcycle real quick, or go to the football field and do some practice and nice. stuff like that. Where do you find your most inspiration comes from, or not inspiration? Let me back that up. Where when you want to just clear your mind, right? Almost like a mm -hmm. meditative state where you know people will meditate. You get that from riding your motorcycle, I'm assuming, or something like that. Do you? Yeah, my bike gives me the most. Your bike most, gives um, you the most. That's really yeah, most 
really interesting. Do you use um, riding your bike, for example, to clear your mind before you do a creative endeavor? Or um, is it just unconscious that you'll jump on your bike just to chillax? It's just unconscious. Um, I, re- I, I rarely plan to get on my bike. Um, it's not not like, a, oh, today's Tuesday, 4 o'clock comes, and it's time to ride my bike. It's more of a, I'm putting my gloves on to get on my bike, and I'm on my bike. Yeah, man. Well, what I'm getting at with that is a lot of people, when they're trying to do something creative, I believe that you can become prisoner of your own mind, right? You start preparing too much to write or, you know, doing these little oddities, right? Yeah, most definitely. When I, um, I've never, I've never sat down and been like, okay, this is my writing time. When I write, like to me, for the songs that I think are my best tracks that I have in my library right now, I get, I start writing those while I'm driving. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm usually driving a car for some reason when I get my best tracks. That's interesting. I know Post Malone says he writes all of his tracks when he's on the shitter. Uh, <laughs> I found that pretty funny, but it makes sense. And it, it also, that that's almost similar to you where you're driving your car. So let, let's look at that for a second. Do you believe mm-hmm. that it's possible when you really shut your mind off get in that meditative state or driving, you're not thinking about writing, or if you're riding your motorcycle, you're not thinking about writing. And then that's where mm-hmm. you get the most inspiration from. Yeah, I, for some reason, something pops in my head and I just, I can't, I can't, you know, resist not writing it down. And then from there, I just can't stop writing. I'm usually driving home in the middle of a chorus or something. Wow. So let me ask you this. I've had time. Huh? When you're driving home and you get that chorus in your head, I'm assuming you don't have any um, te- any beats going, any melodies going. You're just coming up with the lyrics. Yeah, I don't. I don't write to beats. I okay. don't like to write to beats because um, it, I feel like it, it it gives me only one flow as I'm writing. Um, for some reason, when I when I I've tried writing to beats, and when I first started. Um, after maybe like six, seven months, I met a guy who told me to uh, try writing without it, without any music in the background or anything. So uh, ever since I tried that, that's the only way I write. I, I don't write the music anymore. I find it better to switch up my flows. I, it's easier to um, for me to have, you know, uh, bigger punchlines coming in with different flows and everything like that. And it's not the same flow throughout the whole song. And when, for some reason, whenever I go look for a beat or I go, I go have one made, it, it's perfect. It, it just fits. It fits with what you had written prior to that. That's pretty yep. fucking unique. That's great advice for everyone out there writing lyrics. Try to do it without writing to the beat. Probably a lot of people get sucked into listening to the beat over and over and trying to force lyrics out. Yeah, that's what it is yeah it must be that you're trying to force it and that goes back to everything that we were saying about chillaxing you know it's getting to that balance where you're not thinking about writing and then that's where it comes from that's probably one Mm -hmm. of these biggest you know uh conundrums where you're like you try you want to write lyrics but you are thinking too much about writing lyrics it's like one of those 
those things yeah. that don't make sense, you know? So you uh, it's were, the easiest way to get right. It, right. Isn't it? When you start thinking about it too much. Yeah. What else? I've had times where I've had, have to put my phone down and come back to it like an hour later or something like that and finish writing. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go with um, the next question that I have for you. This is crazy because I'm I have a lot of difficulties when it comes to writing lyrics. I could write beats all day long, but lyrics, it just it's a very difficult mm-hmm. process for me. So this is why I love speaking to people like yourself that write really you know deep lyrics and could you know spit it out with with the best of them. So when you're um, coming back to something like an hour later, how do you maintain the same emotions? Um, it really depends on what I'm writing about. Um, if it's just like, if I'm just writing like some bullshit down that, you know, I'm just making like club, a little club vibe or, you know, just a little a, a, a rap that's, you know, not too serious, but, you know, it's going to be serious. Um it's really, it, it really just comes secondhand. You know, you just come back to it and, and you just go with it. Um, my, my, my serious tracks though, that like I've had to sit down and think about or whatever, or that I've actually put some thought into or life events and stuff like that. Those ones that I've set, I've stopped and came back to, I, I, it takes me uh, maybe 10 to 15 minutes to get back into that emotion, to get back into those, those flows and everything like that. Most of the time I have to leave myself a voice memo on my phone of how I leave off or how I had my flow. So when I do come back, I can get back into it the exact same way that I want to get back into it. So it's not me coming back and switching anything up or forgetting how a flow went. So now I'm changing the flow of the complete song. Cause I'll do that too. I'll, I'll actually leave it there so I know what I'm exactly coming back to. That's great piece of advice right there. So you're leaving yourself a voice memo just kind of as a way to reignite where you left off when you come back to it. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I didn't even think to do something like that. That's great. See, this is this is the reasoning for asking questions to, to lyricists. <laughs> I mean, we're we're unraveling a lot of this stuff that yeah. people could could perceive as really you know like next level like oh my god i can't comprehend how people are writing these lyrics that are so mm-hmm. you know transcendent which yours are i mean it, yeah. it, they they really touch on emotions and hearing mm-hmm. you talk about your process has just been really revealing and i'm excited to hear some more stuff from you that's coming out soon i know we were talking off the air you got something else about to drop soon right yeah, I got a. Um, uh, I wouldn't recorded my my producer or my engineer gave me a, a free session for my birthday, so we recorded a birthday track uh, last week. So he should be finishing up with that in the next few days, so I can get it dropped here in the next week or two. That's what's up. Happy birthday, belated. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, you turn in what eighteen now? Calculation. <laughs> 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 yeah. The way about look, people. Nice thing, I yeah, man. No, you look mad young, to be honest, but you, you do. <laughs> yeah, people are still like, tell them I'm 26. I'm, yeah, I'm 26. And I'm like, no, you're not. Look at my ID. Oh, uh, yeah, man. You better cherish that staying 26, man. <laughs> you get to be uh, my I age. This shit sucks. I'm going to have that baby face for a minute. <laughs> nice, nice. 
So if you, listen, I want to ask you too. Um, some other. St- let's get technical. What, what what type of equipment okay. you're using now for your vocals? Um. So when I record myself, um, I do like my demo tracks in my kitchen or my uh, <laughs> or my bedroom closet. So hey man, that's my it. best place. In my I open my fridge and I record in my frit or in my freezer in my kitchen. What? Um, Get out of here! And I just use <laughs> no. <laughs> I use BandLab. I use a, I use my freezer. I use some headphones. I'm waiting for my studio equipment to come in, my mic stand and everything like that. But right now I'll either, I'll go to my, um, for my, for anything that I do for like drill music or anything like that, just rapping. I'll go into the bedroom and I use the closet or I'll just do an open space or anything that I'm singing and like have a vocal on. I'll go into my freezer. Holy shit. Let me just pause right there. Cause that's fucking the first time I've ever heard someone say that they record their vocals in their <laughs> freezer. Oh my god! Yeah, that's awesome. Well, oh my, sh- holy yeah. shit! Good thing you didn't call yourself Vanilla Ice. Uh, that was a gay joke. <laughs> but anyway, yo, <laughs> dude, I just talked to another artist who was telling me that they record their vocals in their vehicle, in their car, in a parking lot down in Atlanta where it's mad hot, which is crazy in the summer, mm-hmm. and they get a really good sound because it's like a vacuum. I'd never thought to go into a freezer or refrigerator, though. I'm going to have to try that shit out later. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Look, I was literally, um, I was in my, um, I was about to start recording a song, and I wanted, and I was talking to a homeboy, and he was telling me that um, there's different, you know, ways that you can record to get different sounds or whatever. And he was like, cause we use, I use band lab when I practice before I go to the studio. Okay. So, um, so he'll, he told me that what he does is so he got, he gets a shoebox. He's got a mic and everything, but he gets a shoebox and he gets a t-shirt for his thumb and whatnot, wraps it around, goes into a closet and does it like that. Well, I wanted my voice naturally. Sorry. My dogs are making a, a match. I already know they are. are. You good? Um, <laughs> My um, excuse me. My voice carries naturally, so it's I I need something to restrict my voice from going too far, and everywhere in my apartment, I can't do it. So for some reason, when I open up that freezer, I take everything out of the freezer. <laughs> I make sure like the refrigerator isn't making that running sound, yeah, yeah. so it's not in the beat either. And I take everything out of the freezer, and I give me a little space. I put me a bowl in there. I put my, I hang my mic from the top of the fr- uh, freezer so it's going into the freezer or whatnot, and I put me a t-shirt in there so I can have something stopping it eventually, other than just the the back of the freezer mm-hmm. because it's, sometimes it's too far. But it, for some reason, I, I I recorded one track and it came out so good. And I'm not, a, I don't mix and master, so it's just what I have on BandLab and like the auto tune and everything like that that you can do on there. And I just do what I know. Man, when I came out with this track, I said, "Damn, this motherfucker's gonna sound good." <laughs> That's some cold, ice cold shit. Man, I would I never. Recording in this freezer, I said, "Let me try the microwave next." <laughs> <laughs> You're trying all the appliances in your house. <laughs> you can do some shit in your house to record, man. Oh, you can you really? Can. I That's... I know that until I try. You can't. You don't need all the the, the expensive ass shit. 
until you really want to lay down your track. But just some demo shit, I open my freezer all the time. That's fucking awesome. That's fucking gangster right there. You're going to spawn a whole generation of people recording in their appliances. This is fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Shit. You know, man, that that's nothing to knock at at all because you got the right idea right there. Instead of fucking sweating your ass off in a closet, put your head in the freezer. <laughs> put your head in the freezer, and I mean, like, eventually, by the by the time you're finished recording, you, your voice gonna be a little different because you, you're in that cold, you know. But if you get to the point where you can stand far back enough and project your voice enough to where the mic picks it up perfect, it's not coming out too far this way or that way, you won't even you won't even feel like you in a freezer. You just feel like you in an open area of, of your kitchen and you just got a door open. That's for sure, man, because you dropping those fire lyrics, so it's balancing out the, the cold. Pull them off a little bit. Oh yes, definitely. That's fucking what's up. So what type of uh, mic are you using? A condenser mic or a dynamic? Because people are always questioning um, which they should use, especially with band labs. Um, I'm actually waiting for my mics to still come in the mail. I've been waiting for damn near a month now, actually, now I think about it. I usually use, um, I use my, uh, my Apple headphones. That's a, that's a good way to, to, you know, put down some lyrics, right. You know, on the fly, especially in band lab, the Apple, is that what you're using mm-hmm. right now? The Apple ear AirPods? Um, like what I have in now, now? Yeah. Are you just talking right on the phone? Oh, you're on speaker, my boy. Wow. Okay. We got a great connection. Then. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah, a lot of people are very confused when it comes to dynamic and condenser mics. And I know this is a basic little bit of information, but people out there are still a little confused. So, you know, just for anybody that's guessing, dynamic mics are going to be for talking right up close to the microphone. They're not going to get all of that ambient sound that's in the room or buzzings from fans condenser mics on the other hand that's going to pick up everything you could put that on and you could spy on your next door neighbor that's the shit that i be doing (laughs) put on that condenser mic (laughs) you know after your boys leave the room you put the condenser mic up and you hear who's talking shit (laughs) damn i'm gonna do yeah right that's what i do yeah, man, that that's what this podcast is great for. We come up with ideas. Already we know now we can record vocals in the freezer. We can listen to a, yeah. a, our boys talking shit or somebody, our next-door neighbor. Yeah, when your girl leaves the room, she's leaving the room to talk to her her, her girlfriends or something. You just turn the gain up on your condenser mic, <laughs> and you can get it up. Ah, okay. <laughs> We're doing all that shit. Yeah, man. I'm fucking, I'm loving this right now because we're we're opening up people's eyes to the world of recording and it's not that that crazy of a serious process. I know a lot of people stress out when they get um, to the recording process. You know, you may have a lot of good imagination, you know, your imagination's running, you're getting creative ideas and shit. You got the melody and the beat in your head and the lyrics and then you go to record and you overthink. And do you ever like come to a point where you're like, holy shit, like I'm I'm just thinking way too much about like the tech, the like the technical side of shit where you're fucking around with games and effects and stuff like that. You ever find yourself in that hole? 
Yeah, um, a whole lot being someone who's new to mixing and mastering, period. Like, I've never done anything um, on uh, until I got BandLab a few months ago um, with changing, you know, anything with my voice, putting uh, putting the whole track together, period. You know what I mean? Uh I had to, I had to teach myself with all of that. Um, it wasn't, it, it, and it wasn't, it wasn't anything like real too hard. I, I got it pretty quick, but I'm, I'm, I'm still not there with, with making everything how I, how I want it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, if I'm not mistaken, you probably know this better than me. I fooled around with Bad and Lab, not that much though. I believe they have something after you're finished with the track, like a mastering option. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, they um, they uh, I, I, I think you got to pay for it. No, I'm pretty sure. Okay, uh, they, they will they will do their little mixing and mastering for what they for what their company whatever you want to call it engineers think that it should sound like or whatever. Yeah, I mean that's an option for people that aren't that familiar with the uh, end mix down process. If you're, if, if or it is, um, what I use, what I use for stuff like that, uh, my homeboy put me on Emastered, uh, uh, pretty sure it's like seventeen bucks a month or, or for like three months or something like that. But it, you, 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 you do your, I do my track on BandLab. I download it from BandLab. I go over to Emastered on my Safari page or whatever, and, and I download it onto Emastered, and it gives me my regular version, and it, and they'll mix and master it too, so all my levels are correct. That's fucking really cool. I did not know that existed. Is a website eMasters? Yeah, just just Google eMasters, um, and 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 it goes from there. I I I was interested in it uh, when my homeboy brought it to my attention, and he he showed me the differences between his track and the way eMasters had it, and I was like, "Yep, I'm I'm hopping on that real quick." That's what's up. Definitely. Thank you for that little bit of advice. You know, all these little bits of information end up accumulating and make such a big difference in your music. So everybody that's listening, these are little things to just fool around with, experiment with. You know, what's 17 bucks if it's going to turn your entire performance into a professional caliber? You know, you really got to make investments. Yeah, I believe that um, it does pay, no pun intended, to you know, invest in yourself. And yeah, literally, you 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 have to. I mean, let's face it, we're gonna spend seventeen dollars on bullshit, right? Probably a fucking two cups right. of coffee and a donut. <laughs> so why not? Why not? Like, yeah, exactly. So these are little things that I've found that have helped me out, not band lab, but that E-Masters I'm going to try because that sounds like it's a, a really beneficial service to use. And I also wanted to bring up Spotify for a second, if we might, because Spotify has a program that I was just looking into called Spotify Marquee. Are, did you ever hear of that? No. So uh-uh. so check this out. Spotify Marquee, you're able to um, have your track after it's released get pushed onto curated playlists 
And when your song pops up, there'll be an action button for the listener to hit and it'll go right to your Spotify page. And I know oh, that shit. that's good. That costs a pretty penny. I think it, you know, it's, it's hundreds, it's a hundred or more dollars, but it's another way to gain followers, to gain some audience members, something to consider. So Spotify marquee, yeah, I don't um, know why the fuck I just trailers. thought of that, but it's something, it's a little piece of information, you know, that'll take you to the next yeah. level. And we're, yeah, well, definitely you get out there more. Yeah, you know, and and that's what I was going to ask. Like, how do you go about networking or promoting your stuff? Is it just word of mouth or do you put in time to make posts or try to outsource some advertising? Um, yeah, see, my marketing and everything, I, I, I've got a structure to it when I'm actually following it the right way. Um, I Google. What I first do is I get on the internet and I Google what are the best times to make posts on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, or now X, Instagram, everything like that. I'll set alarms in my phone for those specific times. So every day for, for TikTok, if it's best time to post on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 4 p.m., 7 p.m., and 9 a.m., I have all those alarms set in my phone from the, for the different social medias and different times that the most people are going to view my accounts and view what will be dropped on the algorithms for the day. Um, so when I, so, so I'll have a better chance of being uh, looked at. Um, I try to go live every day at noon on my Facebook, uh, even if I'm just playing Fortnite or Rocket League and just bullshitting. Um, I'll always throw music and get uh, music involved in it. Um, I have uh, two Instagrams, two Facebooks, Snapchat, Twitter, um, every everything has a professional mode on it, so it can um, so it also has uh, music on the on the another page with it. Um, Instagram also has my photography page on it. Um, I also pay people to drop um, posts on their accounts for me on their stories on their main pages, um, whatever type of advertising that I can do. Um, I know a lot of people who actually have like good views and whatnot on like their snapchats and whatnot um there's there's a guy down here who gets 10k plus views a day um he does comedy and stuff so he charges um about 50 bucks 30 to 50 bucks or whatever to do some um advertising whatever and it helps out a lot um, when you get new eyes on your stuff um yeah other than that it really uh, does I, I try to I, I try and stick to something that actually that's going to help me instead of just throwing out you know hey this is my song uh listen to it when it drops on whatever account um, I use DistroKid, So they have a lot of marketing and promoting things that they do. So I'm always making little mini videos, mini clips, different cards so I can send out tracks and whatnot and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. That's a lot. Let me unpack that here. You, you, you started off by saying you set your alarm, right? For different times. Now, I yeah. have heard both sides debate on this topic that it does matter what time you make posts and other people have debated that it does not matter because it's going to be shown to people's feeds when they log on. Have you been able to like quantifiably see if it works or not? To see what I... Um... What I have found out for myself, and you always got to remember, yeah, 
it's going to be when they log on or whatever. But you have to remember you are in different time zones. Mm. So regardless, it's going to depend on the algorithm of that person's social media. So say, um, but for mine, if you get on my Facebook and look at my Facebook reels, you're going to see all motorcycles. That's about it. Because okay. that's all I, that's the only thing I, like when I'm watching something, I'll hit the like button on all motorcycles. So my algorithm is going to be motorcycles, no matter when they're dropped, no matter um, what day they were dropped or anything like that. I could have videos from the days before, but what they're doing is it's going to take that algorithm and it's going to take it into the times that I'm usually on my phone. And what people still forget is your phone knows everything. Your phone knows what you're going to do. <laughs> it, 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 your phone is an algorithm in itself it, because it, you're on your phone at and you're usually on social media when you can be on social media. And if you have a job, that means you're are structured. So you're going to be on that social media around the same time every day anyways. So that's why like TikTok, they have for you pages and they have their main page or whatever. They have their, uh, their news feeds or whatever they have the for you. And then news feeds for like, uh, let me see what it specifically calls. Well, I don't need the line for, for your following. So you have your following in for you. When you like, when I drop on TikTok, my TikToks can get, 20 likes to or 20 views to 18,000 views, you know, it depends on what I drop and what time I drop them. What I've noticed when I do drop at the time that I'm supposed to drop on TikTok, I get the TikTok, I get the most views. I usually range between 800 to 1600 views within a few hours when I do drop correctly on TikTok. And that's usually because it's going on mainly for you pages and it's not going on just people who are following you. Because once you do that, if you go on to just people who are following you, then it's going to get to they're only going on the, they're only seeing it when they're going on their pages, uh, you know, when they're going on their social media. You're on the for you, when it's drops and it gets dropped on a for you page, it means that everyone, no matter where they are in the world, no matter what time they are at, that's where it's going to drop and it's going to be seen. Wow. Period. Okay. Not going to be only people following you. It's going to be seen to everyone at this point. Okay. So that, when I drop on TikTok, I don't I try to stick to that structure on TikTok, TikTok because it actually it, it benefits you. Facebook, it's Facebook. I found you can really drop a reel whenever the hell you want to. It, my Facebook, um, my professional page does pretty good, but like my regular page on Facebook, when I'm just dropping videos of my motorcycle or just you know dropping little snippets or whatever, it's, the views aren't magnificent or anything like that. That's what I've noticed. Um, my TikTok and Instagram, I get views. And Instagram, I use usually because I drop a lot of videos of my dogs. My dogs gets like eighteen thousand views a day. Really? Um, my TikTok. <laughs> yeah. My TikTok. Have, I have over ten k followers on TikTok, so it helps out a lot too. Damn, that's what's up. So, do you um, besides the time that you're posting or the day that you're posting, do you put a lot of time and effort into the content that you're going to be posting and target your audiences on different platforms? Oh, most definitely. Um, it'll, I'll, I'll, it, it takes me when I'm actually, when I'm doing it that way, it takes me an hour to drop a post. Okay. From so when I from start to or whatever I start, if I'm making a video or anything like that, it takes me an hour before I hit that send button for each platform. Are or are you just yeah. resizing and reformatting the same um, content. I, I try to use different videos. Ah, that's good. That's it. If you just use the same video for everything, say you already following me on all of my social medias. Right. I drop the same video on 
TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, X, and everything. You've already seen the video on Snapchat, so why are you going to all these other accounts to walk, look at it? Right, and you're probably not likely to hit the like button on the set, the platform that you see the content the second time around. That makes right. sense. Okay. So what I try to do is I, I drop it on Facebook. My Facebook and Instagram are connected, so I have to catch myself to not let things drop on Facebook and Instagram because I have an option to let it drop on um, Instagram or Facebook also when I post on Facebook, uh, pictures-wise. So I'll go in and I'll turn that off so it doesn't get back to Instagram and I can keep Instagram differently. Because if you look at my Facebook and you go through my Instagram, you'll you'll see, you'll think I'm two different artists. Ah, that, that's something to look for then. You don't, you don't see any benefits in staying consistent with all of the posts and the content because like we discussed, people already have seen it on one platform. Now you're giving a reason to um, go find more content on different platforms from you. I like that approach. That's and smart. at the end of the day, if you want to uh, go into money-wise, if you drop that on all different platforms, your views, they're not going to stack up. They're going, you're going to get those 15, the, the, say you got 500 views, but you dropped on five different platforms. You got 100 views per platform. Now you're not making any money on those platforms because you only have those 100 views. Now you drop one video on one platform. Now you got 500 views on one platform and say you don't run into a buddy. Hey, I don't sing this video. It was funny or the, the track was cool or da, da, da. Now let me show him. Now you're getting another view for that platform. They'll get on theirs. If they want to look at it later, if they want to show their friend, da, 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 they're getting on the same platform. Now that's another view for that platform, and now you're making money. Oh, that's another yeah. reason. Yes. The monetization. If you, flood all of your, if you flood all your social medias with too much, with, with too much of the same things. Me as a person, I'm going to take off everything I got you. I'm going to take you off on all social medias except for one because you post the same thing on all of your social medias. There's nothing new to see. Right. Holy shit. I never even contemplated that. And my eyes are open now yeah. to, to doing that. And Perfect. for somebody that is like you who does a lot of different platforms content-wise, that means I'm going to be um, allotting a lot of hours now, because <laughs> I was one that was just reformatting the size specifically for each one of the platforms, which is really important, by the way. You know, if you're making content, you got to pay attention. Each platform has different formats for your pictures. Do you use like Canva or any apps to get the correct yeah, sizes? Uh, I use CapCut. Um... I think that's all I use right now. I've, I've been using some other things, but I run into uh, um, a whole lot of stuff you got to pay for and whatever, and I don't feel like doing all that. So you're you're using a, a completely free program? Yeah, CapCut is completely free. Um, I don't think I don't think I've ever seen it try and make me pay for it. Let me see real quick. Oh, matter of fact, I think. You, the, the, oh wait, let me see real quick. I can't remember. I've never been charged. Let me see. What's that say? Okay, so it's not completely free. If you want, like, their pro edition, like, you can unlock all their features and materials and everything like that, so you don't have no limitations or anything, then you're coming out $80 a year. That's still or, or $79 a month. 
once again, you're making an investment in yourself that's what less than seven dollars, eight dollars a month. That's definitely mm -hmm. worth it. As opposed, and I was put on cat from uh, my uh, my engineer and my uh, videographer Johnny Day. He um he actually put me on the cap cut because he noticed that I was doing my snippets and everything on TikTok and whatnot. Uh, he told me to go on a cap cut, do everything on cap cut, then switch it to TikTok and do a couple edits or whatever. Um, I did some extra Googling on like how to drop things. I always make sure I have five to six hashtags in it. No less than seven words when I'm making in my captions. Um, uh, and for some reason, cap cuts kind of new or it might not be new, but it's, it's taken off. So for some reason, everyone who drops with cap cut, your your videos blow up for some reason really? i don't know why well um but yeah you just let the, <laughs> the cat out of the bag now everybody's gonna be using cap cut all right <laughs> so really you've seen an uptick in the amount of you know views and likes that you've gotten just by using that app cap cut yeah just by just by using it to edit my video wow holy shit yeah these are these are great pieces of information this is the type of shit that you know i really dig finding out because we can a spend a lot of money wasted money on programs that aren't helping us and b we waste a lot of time so money and time big commodities so cap cut right there for you do it for videos and posts or just posts or just videos uh just videos anything like um Picture videos, you know, moving videos, stuff like that. Um, you can't really, you can't use it for anything for like making words or like uh, if you just want to type out a word post or anything like that. It's mainly for like videos and whatnot, so you can make edits and stuff. Okay, what about audio? Are you able to import your own audio? Or yeah, is... you can do all that. Yeah, so I can, I can like have yeah. a video of images, you know, a, a running thing of images, and then upload or import rather a wave file or an mp3 of my own original com compositions because uh, that's where i'm kind of finding a problem i wanted to use the, my own music um, i know um canva what uh, i do is i hide so, you, <laughs> you can do that but what you have to do is uh, you have to take the cap cut and you have to import the music from iTunes to a PC and sync it to your device. Or yeah. I don't know if cap cut, you can get the cap cut on like laptops or whatever. But if it, if you can, it makes it a whole lot easier because you don't have to go to your device. You can just download it onto right. your PC and then you can download it from there. Cause it has options for you to, ex um, for extracted, um, the audio. sounds, sounds yeah. from your sounds library everything like that so you can bring all that in and everything like that too wow that's really cool and what about um like stock images do they have stock photos stock videos that you can get ideas from or use yeah they got um they got a whole template page they got like i'm telling you like the template pages they have a template for following they have a template page for you they have a template page for lifestyle they have a template page for tiktok summer marketing no fitness, way. Lyrics, philosophy effects celebrities fandom everything that you can honestly Holy think of that shit. you don't put in that's what they're gonna up. show you different everything they're gonna tell you exactly what you need 
So like some videos, it'd be like, you need 10 pictures or you need three videos and two pictures. So you can do this and this and this and the third, like it'll walk you through. What? It. So it's like coaching you through the entire process. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go on to the template pages. It'll, it'll, it literally says like right here for the first is a hangover. Mimi it says add six, add 16 photos. I say Mimi. I don't like saying memes. I think the word <laughs> Mimi is funny. <laughs> Yo, dude, that saves so much time because I find myself fucking wondering for 15 minutes how many fucking photos I should put down for like a, a reel, so let's say, or something like yep. that. So this does all that work for you. you. Holy shit. So what about, all right, talking about doing the work for you, how do you feel and do you use AI? Okay, so I have used AI one time, and it was for the Leo season photo. Um, I didn't have enough time to uh, take a picture myself or do anything, you know, uh, that was thoughtful or thought of before I dropped the uh, track or whatever. Um, so I hopped on AI, and I uh, typed in Le uh, Leo season, and um, I, I got what I got for the Leo season picture. Um, nice. I don't, I do not like the way... I AI does the uh, makes the people look, um, or I just haven't found the right app to use because I got two different apps on my phone. It's an AI art Arta and a and a Wonder app. Um, I use the Wonder more than the other one. I'm actually about to delete the other one. I don't know why it's still on there, but um, Wonder is not bad. Um, it, it it it's not what I thought it was. Like when I be seeing all the advertising for AIs and right? everything that people come up with, not. Honestly, they suck. Yeah, I haven't but found one myself. Sure. <laughs> but I needed a picture. That's it. I honestly probably won't ever use it again. Damn. Yeah, I know what you. I feel you when you're saying the people like don't come out looking like people or what you thought yeah. you were gonna generate from the AI, especially because you see on right. YouTube and all these other fucking posts these people making dope ass like Some images and shit. And it's like you try to do it. Right. It doesn't happen. And again, those are the people who are like, who can create those AIs themselves. Right. Yep. Who actually know how to get into their computer and deal with all these other, you know, uh, uh, programmings and everything like that. That's what those are. And they're just taking those videos and advertising them like you're able to do this. So they just make more money. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to touch on that with the AI industry, right? I feel that they're lying to us by exaggerating oh, exactly. what the capabilities are that we could use AI really for, do right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because now I've never seen, I've seen the people on Facebook who have had, um, who use the AI on Facebook or whatever, the little things that Facebook does or whatever to make you look like this or whatever. Those look good because those are a third-party programming doing it. You're not actually using the apps that you get on and you download to your phone to generate all of these things. So people who are, it's a, it's, it's all for, it's all for money. And that's what a lot of people miss this whole world. They got to remember the whole world is moved by money. If we don't have money, we're not doing anything. No. And if and we're not doing anything, bump. That's right. No one wants to be a bump. No. And, and so they're going to all these videos to make, your AI could look like this. Your AI could do this. It could do this in the third. We can't do that. You might can because you guys have the program to show us that this is how we want it. So you're going to get our money. 
because we want to try this and it's not going to come out anything like it. But, you know, it's AI. Society likes it. So everyone everyone else is just going to say, fuck it. I like it. Right. I feel like they're, they're baiting us as consumers and we're downloading the apps and we're struggling to come up with an image that represents a little resemblance of what these professionals put out there. And before you know it, you've paid $5 a week for some of these apps over a course of four or five months now. So you're looking at what, like fucking a hundred dollars that you're wasting before you even have a little bit of an inkling of how to make these images and so, you probably use the app twice yeah you probably yeah or worst case scenario you forget that you have the subscription and you end up paying for that yeah. shit old <laughs> yeah. see what i do when i know i'm subscribing to something i use it then in there and if i don't like it immediately cancel that's that's hard to do sometimes though i i find myself uh really listen i sometimes i get a little lit and I download <laughs> shit, and then I end up seeing the receipts like months later. <laughs> I'm like, shit. I like money a whole lot. Like money, that's my. If you ask me, pussy your money, I'm going money. Money over everything. I, I want. The, so when it comes to spending money, I I gotta. It, it has to benefit me in some major way. In order for me to 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 let to let go of that bread. Well, that's what we were talking about before: investing in yourself, right? So that's mm -hmm. what people need to really contemplate. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday on this topic about saving money. Look at this: you're gonna put ten thousand dollars away in a bank so that it'll grow interest over the years that ain't gonna happen not in today's society so 10 years later what do you gain a thousand dollars on ten thousand dollars so you got eleven thousand dollars but 10 years from now that eleven thousand dollars is probably worth about four so you're losing right you're losing six thousand dollars so why not take that ten thousand right. dollars that you have today and invest in yourself this way you mm -hmm. can generate more money and yeah. then you could level up. It's all about leveling up if, and being consistent. If one thing that when when you when you're growing up and they tell you that saying, uh, what is it? Uh, you got to spend money to make money. Oh, that's a that, that's that's a powerful quote. It is because you could take it the wrong way. That's a powerful quote, and I didn't I didn't realize that until until you know my life started. You know, not like I mean. My life started when I moved out of my people's house at 17 and went to college and everything. But my life didn't start until I had my own bills and da 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 And I had to do some extra shit to get by, you know what I mean? Yeah. But once I found out that I can spend this here so I can get this there. world oh, man, changes. The world changes when you realize that. Definitely. A, a whole 360. Yeah, man. And, and that's something to really stop and, and consider that... Money is just something that is temporary. You know, you uh -huh. you have it, and it. And it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's a, to me, it's supposed to be. You're not like okay, yeah. You got billionaires in the world. You got millionaires in the world. Whatever. Their their, their money's temporary too. But what do they have to do to maintain that? They have to work. Therefore, they're not sitting on their ass or anything. 
all types of money is temporary. You ain't never going to come into some money and be like, damn, I don't ever got to work again for the rest of my life. <laughs> now, if, if you're lazy and you're a bum, that's what you're going to do. But I guarantee in the next 15 to 20 years, if you're young, 30 years, you're going to be another bum because you ain't going to have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, if I hit the lottery today and I wouldn't want five, three billion, million, like 500,000, I promise you I'm taking my ass to work still. Yes. That, that, you know, a tremendous piece of advice right there is, you know, always fucking continue to work, whatever it is, even if it's not your nine to five, work on yourself, but don't ever stop. Yeah. Don't ever fucking yeah. stop. And this brings us to what I like to always give for an ending of our little program here is one piece of advice that you would give somebody just starting in the music biz, whether they're a vocalist or they're making beats. If they're just starting today and they want to break into the community of musicians, what piece of advice would you give to the youngster? Um, the first thing I would honestly tell them is don't take, don't take criticism as someone talking shit. Nice. Don't, 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 don't let yourself be told something because at the moment you do, you, you put yourself in a box and you can't get out of it. Yes. That's beautiful piece. With of this advice. type of work, with this type of work, you can't, you can't listen to only yourself or only your friends. If they're the type of people to tell you what you want to hear. Because when I started, when I first started making music, I didn't have a a fan base. I didn't have, you know, people, my friends fucking with my music because I didn't, I didn't, I I was never a musician. I was never an artist. I was never a songwriter. I was, I'm an athlete. You know, I've, I've done Olympic track. I've, 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 I'm in, I do uh, semi-pro football, but I had to learn how to take criticism, how to understand that this isn't them talking down on me or anything and, and playing sports helped out a lot. So I can actually understand it. My homeboy pulled up to my house one day and he looked at me and he said, the song is you just dropped my boy. It, it sounded like trash. It's, it's, it's horrible. It, it's, it's dog shit. It's dookie, mm. whatever you want to call it. He's not, he's he now, now I promise you, he's the only person that's ever told me that mm. regardless if someone else has liked it or not, but he's the only person that has been honest with me enough to look me in my eyes and tell me that that track was horrible. And from there, I've never made another track like that. And I've always made a, I've always made sure I've made a better track than that. Thank but I've God never let him. somebody. T- right. I, I'd rather, I'd rather have a thousand of those friends than, than have a million of people tell me what I want to hear. You don't want anybody co-signing your bullshit, right? Whether it be a no. shitty track or, you know, just a bad behavior. That's what you need. Because then you got a whole, then you got a whole lot of ice spices in the world. Right. <laughs> That's what's up. Yes, exactly. Man, as King I Rise, dude, thank you for fucking talking to us again on a murder of musicians, man. Here at FX2 Studios, we always reach out to people that have been on the program that have something of value to give to the community of musicians coming up. Today's show, man, you really touched on so many great pieces of information, advice, we all know now that we're going to be recording our vocals in our appliances. <laughs> That's what's up. You know, it's a, I'm taking that from today's show. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, so much, uh, you know, good things to come from you. I know in the future 
We're going to keep our audience updated on all the releases. We have Leo Season out now. We have Reborn out now. If you haven't listened to any of the tracks from As King I Rise, I tell you, you must start listening. Start with Rescue or Go Mode. Those are two tracks that I fucking love. And his new stuff, what we were talking about earlier, and look forward to some more releases coming out in the future. You can find all of his music at any of the platforms as we discuss or just come to FX2 Studios. We have the link on featured artists and latest artists. Check it out. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciated you jumping on today. Definitely appreciate you having me, my boy. Always a pleasure to talk to you. For sure, man. Thanks again. Thank you for listening.